Welcome to Shame Watch TV, a guilt-free dive into those massive TV guilty pleasures that we can't help but love. Each season, we look at a TV series that we love, but society shames, or at least may have some side-eye for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these TV series like the miracles that they are. I'm your host, Olivia Slappin Suarez, and to my left is... We don't, we don't know. Olivia rhymes know. with names. Hello, uh, it's me, James. Uh, I don't know what my title is. I'm just James. What's up? Uh, so below me is Kenny. Kenny, who are you? G. Kenny Madison, Chief Archivist of FatFilms.com. James, Olivia, Aaron, I need your guns and your badges on my desk. Now! Oh, boy. I'm Aaron. I don't have a gun. <laughs> All weapons matter. I'm just uh. God. If, you, if you're a Patreon uh, subscriber at the $5 tier, you'll understand where that joke just came from. Uh, <laughs> I promise you I am not a member of the NRA. All right. So today we're going to be covering the beloved TNT procedural drama Rizzolian Isles, starring Angie Harmon and Sasha Alexander. This is so and random. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> random, and this is the one TV this is the one TV episode that our uh, one of our listeners actually submitted to us for our Wheel of Shame series. Normally, we cover films on Shame Watch, but because this is a TV series, we decided to make this a Shame Watch TV episode and if you want to get more of those episodes just subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com shamewatch to access these episodes all you have to do is sign up for any tier uh, the two dollar tier is going to get you those episodes uh, season two is going to be on supermarket sleep season three the bachelorette so we wanted to give you like a little sneak preview uh and we also thought that this coincided well with our wheel of shame series so uh, James, I believe your friend Paul is the one who suggested yes. this all, show. All of our friend Paul. Yeah, all, all of, of our friend, friend Paul. Because have we, I met Paul? I don't think so. More than okay. likely not. Uh, huh. uh, but Paul's okay. great. We love Paul. Paul, yeah. we love you. Uh, we love you, Paul. Uh, Fallout Theater tech extraordinaire Paul Harrison. Correct. Uh, master of all trains. Correct. Uh, said specifically that his guilty pleasure was Rizzolian Isles season one, episode four. Right. What's is... the episode title? She got all the money. She works hard for the money. <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, I, I mean, was so close. That's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Available on Hulu, by the way. Uh, yes. And I, I believe now is the time we're going to uh, listen to what Paul had to say about this show and this episode so here we go uh, Aaron, cut this out because uh, i'm doing stuff Aaron, leave this in okay. and then lengthen the silences hi this is paul harrison talking about rizzoli and isles i've had a lifelong love of terrible procedural shows and as i've grown into an adult with more understanding of reality and fiction there's a couple reasons rizzoli and isles is really both an excellent example of the form and a disappointing one Rizzolian Isles plays its aversion to a small degree as it has the conflict between the more liberal doctor and the more conservative detective, which in a better show would actually lead to anything. But it does have, and specifically in this episode, the same moral panic and everyone is out to get you stuff that is very common to this type of cop show. 
Procedurals are comfort food because it imagines a world where authority is on your side, all your enemies are real, they can be thwarted in an hour without ever really making you think about society as a whole, just the specific case. This is why it's a comfort food for me and people like me who want things to be resolved and to have an understanding of who the bad guy is. I do think this show does some interesting things that others don't because it kind of ties into the personal relationships between the two lead characters and their families, but all that is kind of window dressing for the procedural plots, and as much as it is a workplace show, focusing on that uh, always is always the B-plot, you know? But it is a comfort food, it is procedural. I've watched way too much of this show, and a lot of others like it, and I'm that's my closest reason I can think as to why. That was outstanding. Uh, what was great about that is how interesting that was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, no, I, I think Paul hit it on the head when he was like, yeah, it's, uh, it's comfort food because we know who the bad guy is and he gets thwarted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, like, and he, he admits, you know, like, what's a little cliche about it, but I also just love how he's like, I love watching the show, and, and I've seen similar ones, too. So, we've all been there, Paul, and we respect you. And Paul, love what you love, because we, we love you. Uh, but unfortunately, I... not everyone agrees with that dictum, James. Uh-oh. Uh, in a review published uh, on AV Club by Emily Vanderwerf, uh, published July 12th of 2010 at 7 p.m. Um, folks, we actually have a little skit to present to you. Oh. Because this was this review was written as a skit. Uh, I will be playing the role of Emily Vanderwerf, and Aaron has volunteered to be playing the role of... TNT. That is correct. Because this show... Ran on TNT. And they know drama. Excellent. Uh, lights up. An imagined conversation between the critic, that's myself, and TNT, that is Aaron, which in this scenario is not a cable network behemoth, but instead a somewhat jolly dwarf with plus five lockpick skill. TV. Nice to see you, TNT. Hey, nice to see you too, man. We know drama. <laughs> that's... What I'm here to talk about. I'm not so sure Rizzoli and Isles works. I know you guys pioneered the cable cop procedural that's really a throwback to 70s character-based de detective shows like Columbo or Rockford Files. But now that everybody on cable is trying that, it's really starting to show its seams. Rizzoli and Isles is kind of a mess of a show. There are interesting elements around the edges, but the writing is just dire. Angie Harmon stars as a cop who leads with her heart and not her head. See, that's my problem exactly. You spend much of the pilot on simple declarative sentences, sentences that try to spell out everything that's happened to every character or explain their motivations or talk about their backstories. And every time the show does this, it becomes laughable. And it does it a lot. Sasha Alexander is a cop who has a big head, but not a lot of heart. She was on NCIS. Yes, I know. But her character here, Isles, for those of you playing along at home, is basically just a redo of the main character from Bones. Alexander plays this character with a bit more nuance than Harmy plays 
than Harmon plays Rizzoli, but she's still more caricature than actual person. It's like the creators of the show read the books the show is based on by Tess Gerritsen, though I assume you already know that, TNT. They decided the way to make hard-boiled crime dialogue work on a show like this is to make it even more declarative. It's quirky like Bones, only then it's a dark horror movie like Criminal Minds. Then it's like Moonlighting, only between two women, which is weird. <laughs> They're not lesbians. They have mainstream appeal. I realize that neither character is a lesbian. I realize it's also kind of offensive to suggest that Harmon's character is a lesbian when she's a tomboy. But here's the thing. Harmon and Alexander have a ridiculous amount of chemistry, and not just friendship chemistry. You half expect these two to fall into each other's arms. I don't think this show should be about the two falling in love or anything like that, but that's literally the only thing we have to hang our hat on. But they're strong-hearted lady cops. Like Cagney and Lacey. They, 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 don't, they don't take no guff. I just... No. You're, you're picking up the check, right? And scene. <laughs> Amazing. That was beautiful. Oh, yeah. That, uh, wow. First off, they're not into each other, because uh, I beg to differ. They're giving googly eyes at each other all the time. They kind wind of a, down yeah. with a wind down at the end of the episode. <laughs> Look, here's I, the situation. Rizzoli is a tough-as-nails street cop that's focused on fucking people up and making sure that her mom doesn't cause her no guff. Isles, she's a brainy type... That's a little bit too much intellectual and not enough heart. Until they have uh, nice love-making sex. I mean, what? I mean, I uh, haven't seen the rest of the show. Yeah, this is the only time. This is the only episode I've seen. Also, the um, only episode I've seen. But I mean, come on, they've got to be into each other. I'll, I'll be just... real. Go ahead. Th- th- this uh, this might have been the only episode of a TNT original I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, Aaron, no, no joke, drama. same. I, <laughs> no, I, I, mean, know, I know drama. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's why you're the TNT of our podcast, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> Wait, what other sh- show could I be missing, Kenny? I don't remember. Uh, Aaron, I, T- but TNT is the network where we accidentally have watched like three seasons of it. Uh, where we're just like, oh, yeah, that show did exist. Uh, no, that's USA, I'm, like Burn Notice and Psych uh, and Royal Pains. I freaking love Psych. Oh, yeah, Psych's, Psych's great. Yeah. Uh, which is why I like to refer to James as the USA of our podcast. Characters are very welcome. Help <laughs> 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 you know me. I'm the alien James does. That, that oh, God, I'm terrified as to what network I am. You're TBS, baby. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Can He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, I'm FX Movies because I've got the movies. <laughs> FX has got the movies. FX, FX got the movies. The movies. That was such a catchy song. I really oh, liked yeah. it. Actually, um, let, let's be honest. I would be E because I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm the entertainment. Hey. I got to be real. I'm, I'm looking down. The Chronicles of, of TNT. <laughs> Outside of maybe Inside the NBA presented by TNT, which I saw just like when the Spurs were playing. Sure. Yeah, it was well, it was uh, 
that I don't see <laughs> nothing's jumping off the page for me. I mean, Rizzoli and Isles fits into that niche of cable TV shows where we're like, oh, yeah, that show does exist. And then anytime that you look at it on Wikipedia, you're like, how did this get 11 seasons? I've never seen a single <laughs> episode of it. Exactly. Like, Who's watching this? Like uh, white okay. collar, skins, monk, yeah. or not skins, yeah. uh, white collar, uh, royal pains. Yeah. Psych. Oh, okay. Burn notice. Burn notice. Burn notice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is burn notice? Uh, it's about a spy. Uh, ha- ha- oh, really? Yeah, but no, have you it's seen a that? blacklisted spy. Have you seen this? Like, There's a bit, though. I think it was SNL. I don't remember, but it was like, yeah. what is burn notice? Yeah. Okay, Kenny knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, it's outstanding. Olivia, if... Of the episode, because like not everyone has watched this episode. Which is hold on. Which is hold why on. I think it's time to hand it to our plot synopsis, uh, James, for our brand new segment. Yep. Show me the plot with James fight. <laughs> All right, you want to see the plot? Uh, I'll show you the plot. Uh, I don't want to blow out my mic, otherwise I'd keep up that character. Blow it uh, out. Aaron can just fix it in post. It's fine. Yeah. You're right. Literally uh, do anything with these microphones. Aaron can fix it. All so, mics matter. <laughs> Please don't. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. All right. So there's a jogger lady who gets killed. What? How that happen? Isles goes to the scene to figure out why. But, uh-oh, yeah. her mom's there with her. And she's horrified because also, whoa, her mom, this is the B-plot, Everyone pay attention, because this is a B-plot. Her mom's trying to get back at her dad, because something happened. I don't know what, but she lost the car, and she's going to stick it to him. Meanwhile, Isles and Rizzoli don't see eye to eye. Why are you saying Isles and Rizzoli? It's Rizzoli and Isles. Whatever. Uh, uh, And they're going to the... Whose college was Isles? Isles College. Oh, yeah, it's Isles. Alma Mater, who costs $57,000 per year. And, uh-oh, this lady was a soccer star, but she had an ankle injury. Yeah, so, we find that out in a 3D x-ray. What? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. That. What, what is she to do? <laughs> what, what is she? Kenny, what is she to do? I, uh, uh, the soccer star or result? The soccer star. Because she lost her tuition because she can't play soccer. She got cut from the team. Yeah, she How could she pay start money? Just turning tricks, I guess. That's right. <laughs> she has to start having sex with random people. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of commentary, probably a lot of outdated commentary on this very thing. And now, oh, geez, we find out who her last client was. But plot twist, he's dead. This it looks very, like a suicide. This is a very Alex Jones character, James, but keep, keep going. Oh, Alex Jones. Uh, I, want, I want to take a break to uh, just mention my protein milk. Uh, <laughs> everyone, it's really good stuff. Anyway, back to this plot. Uh, <laughs> Does that hurt your voice any? Like, I just... I've done this voice enough where I know how to make it not hurt. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, back to the plot. So, it's not a suicide. Someone framed it as a suicide. And then, uh-oh, it's the R.A. He's the pimp to every girl who's doing this. And Creepy then, white male. Creepy white male. Who would have guessed it? Not me. <laughs> uh, and then he shoots uh, 
the soccer star's best friend runs away, but then Rizzoli shoots him dead because she was he was about to shoot her, and it was justified. Also, no, it's Rizzoli uh, and Isles. Also, the B plot's resolved because uh, Mom accidentally bought. I'm not going to repeat the type of car because uh, it's no, also an outdated term. Nope. Uh, outdated terminology uh, that perpetuates stereotypes. Uh, anyway, uh, what is it? I'll tell you later. Uh, I want to know now. And then she buys a car from a shady car dealer, but don't worry. Risotto's on the case. Result. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Ravioli gets it all no. tied up in a nice little bow. Rizzoli. And then Ratatouille and Isles have wine. As they stare into each other's eyes, <laughs> as we fade to black. Amazing. Resolving. Can I have Resolving. a, uh, a, a, a can, can I have a brief sidebar? Yeah, granted. Granted. Uh, Snowpiercer's a TV show now. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It is a TNT show. And it's got Jennifer Connelly, David Diggs, always great. I love Allison him. Wright. Like it's kind of. It's kind of a star-studded show. Yeah. It's sidebar yeah. over. I have the sidebar real quick. Uh, granted. Okay. Granted. Thanks, guys. So I forgot to add earlier where I've heard this show. Do you remember when, you know, we could go to the movie theaters and, like, Regal Cinema would have, like, that <laughs> first, first yeah. look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Rizzoli yeah. and Isles was, like, always that show that they would feature behind the scenes. We'd be like, thank you for tuning in to Regal First Look. With you know. uh, Melissa Menounos, right? Maria, Maria Menounos. Maria yeah. Menounos. So, like, um, anyway, that's just what I forgot to add that. So, sidebar over. Uh, so, that was the plot of this episode. Beautiful. And, uh, uh, it, yeah, I liked it because there was soccer. <laughs> and I used to play soccer. That's great. So, can, can anyone give, like, a brief synopsis, synopsis of what a procedural show is? Uh, it's like, uh, cop shows. Like, uh, like, oh, we're cops. We're gonna follow the case until it's closed. Or medical, because Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. Oh, true. yeah, true. That's still on. <laughs> I guess anything w where there are procedures. That's not me being, like, jokey. That's just me clicking it together right now. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, because, uh, it's got everything from 911... Beauty and oh yeah, Beauty and the Beast, um, Bones, all the Law and Orders, uh, SWAT, Southland, Rizzoli and Isles. Um, I okay, so just hear me out. Okay. Uh, okay. A lot of procedural shows have like the same either filter or same frame rate or same camera. Uh -huh. Not a huge fan of it, and it's always yeah. kind of like bugged me. Yeah. Except for Law and Order. Theirs is a little different, right? SVU? I was, I was <laughs> literally thinking about that while watching Rizzoli and Isles. I was you like, too? Because it was a very... It's 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 a very pleasant looking show. Dun, dun. Uh, Law and Order is just a, a hair grittier. Uh, but, yeah. But not by much. But also Rizzoli and Isles is shot digitally. And Law and Order for so long was shot on film. So that filmic look by its nature has a grainier look so it's going to add just a little bit more grit as opposed to tv procedurals 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Rizzoli Niles, it is very pleasant, but I, for for whatever reason, it just looks too clean, and I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. Which, and I think a lot of TNT shows did have that look, which is probably why I didn't watch a lot of TNT. But, but you're Aaron, right. No drama. I don't care. <laughs> they no Aaron. drama. I I I just they, Aaron, you don't <laughs> fucking get it. They no drama. No 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 no. I get that they know drama. Aaron, they grab just don't get that I don't care. Grab yourself by the collar for me. Like right here? Yeah, and then just kind of lift yourself up. Oh my god! This is a great visual bit. <laughs> Aaron, they know drama! They know drama! Okay! <sighs> they know drama! Okay. I get it. Now I understand. TNT knows drama. Yeah. And... Fade to black. Uh, executive I, producers, Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> I just, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that look. I, I like a little bit more grittier, a little bit more, not. It looks like clinical. The only show that I kind of liked, and I'm trying to see if it's on here, and it doesn't look like it qualifies as procedural, is um, shoot, what's it called? Now I can't think about it. Uh, Boston Legal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, I like that show. But uh, it, it, was just not, it was just not a clean look. It, the clean look just kind of bugged me. But all in all, it was uh, it was an episode sure. of a TV show. Also, the mom, Lorraine Bracco, also Ooh. known as Dr. Melfi. Oh. Sopranos. Oh, amazing. She- oh, that's where she's from. Oh. Good Wait, say that again, Kenny? That's what she's from. Because I knew that Lorraine Bracco was someone, but I'm uh, one of the uh, people that has not seen The Sopranos. Hey, <gasps> uh, Kenny. She's, I'm right there with you, buddy. She cool. is, she's, she's just mafia, royal, mafia movie royalty. She was also she in is. Goodfellas. She's oh. iconic. We yeah, stand. She's, oh, it's I that, love her so much. That's Ray Liotta's wife? Correct. She plays Karen. Ah. Wonderful. Yeah, she uh, she got an Oscar nomination for that one. She's gotten three Golden Globe nominations for uh, Sopranos for the first three seasons. I think she got a fourth one or a Golden or a Golden Globe nomination for the later seasons. But yeah, Lorraine Bracco with that wonderful Lorraine Bracco voice, love her yes. so much. Like, ah, oh, it's just like it's distinct. Um, like and charming and cute, like all at the same time. Like I just, I just love her so much. Um, but yeah, just kind of being, just being a mom. Uh, yeah. Team, will you grant me a sidebar? Granted. said Thank you, because I would like to address the topic of Aaron's boys, something that we have broached <laughs> on the podcast many times before. But I would like to, I guess, codify the qualifiers. For what an Aaron's boy is. Now, I think that Lorraine Bracco would qualify as an Aaron's boy, uh, as would uh, James, or not James McGill, Bruce McGill. James McGill is uh, Saul Goodman. Uh, Bruce McGill, uh, which as soon as I saw that Bruce McGill was on this show, I went, there's an Aaron's boy. Would that be safe to assume, Aaron? Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a very specific type of of what an Aaron's boy is because Angie Harmon and Sasha Alexander 
not necessarily Aaron's boys, uh, but Lorraine Bracco, uh, Bruce McGill, and potentially Lee Thompson Young uh, as the one black character might be an Aaron's boy. Would that be safe to assume, Aaron? There's one more. There's one after more. Thomas Young. Yeah, in this in this episode specifically. Ooh. <laughs> It's not the creepy white guy that gets shot, right? No. Hell no. Okay. no. Heavens no. Um, as soon as I saw it, in, in, as soon as I saw him, I even wrote down, oh, he's an Aaron's boy. Uh, Joel Brooks. Joel Brooks? Who's Joel Brooks? The the car salesman. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he's from Phil of the Future, and he's also in... Oh. Wait, uh, really? Yeah. He, he plays the, uh, the high school counselor. Oh, oh right. I've yeah. seen that show in forever. And also, he's also Ricky in Ullman. Star Trek. Yeah, Ricky. Oh yeah, Star Ricky Ullman has Star Trek. He's always looked the same. Say, hold on, did you say Star Trek? He's also in Star Trek. Kenny's uh, ears Deep up. Space Nine. As what? Uh, I had to look him up. Because uh, Bruce Fallow. Man. But Bruce McGill is on Star Trek. He's got, he plays. He's in I think three episodes of Star Trek Voyager, playing the captain of the USS Relativity. Which is a time shift from the 30th century. Uh, we'll get together. We'll watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Joel Brooks. He's uh, he's a big time Aaron boy energy. So Aaron, let let's get this down on paper. Let's make this canon for the podcast, so people can maybe send us suggestions of some Aaron's boys that we might not necessarily have codified. What are what are the things that had to be checked off? In order to fit the qualifier of being Aaron's boy. So I think that Steve Buscemi might not qualify as an Aaron's boy. But a Bruce McGill type does qualify as an Aaron's boy. That's just my feeling. Is that safe to say, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. Because I like Buscemi, but I don't know if he's an Aaron's boy. Yeah. I, I just might like him because he was in Boardwalk Empire and a couple of other mobster movies. A couple of things that help you out to become an Aaron's boy is if you had like a weird side... Uh, character in mob movies um, or mob TV shows. And also, if you're a big dude, but we don't talk about you being a big dude. I'm a big fan of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, eyebrows. Big fan of eyebrows. Um, Male or female. If it's it's an interesting looking eyebrow, do you have some good qualifications there to be an Aaron's boy? Dan Hedaya. Exactly. Prime example. Or if you're furry. I don't mind. I think furriness is a good quality to have in, in cinema that we don't get talked about much. Still Dan um, Hedaya. Yeah. Still, yeah. That's very much Hedaya territory. Dan Hedaya um, puts Robin Williams to shame in terms of the fur. Without a doubt. Boys. Even even Robin Williams would be like, hey, buddy, you're looking a little hairy there. <laughs> um, but uh, for sure that, um, like I said, I already mentioned eyebrows. Uh, I think just any kind of um, unique physical attribute, if you're just taller, if you have broader shoulders, I will notice. Also, I'm a big fan of hands. Um, that's why I. <laughs> that's why I'm a big fan of uh, what's his name. He was in uh, Exotic Marigold Hotel. Um, Deb Patel, uh, Bill Nye. Uh, Nye. There we go. Um, Bill Nye? He, he, yeah, he's Bill Nye or, uh, <laughs> or Bill Nye? Bill Nye, Nye. not Bill Nye. <laughs> he's got a, 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 I don't want to say defect, but he's got like a muscular thing with his hands where if you notice, he's always got to kind of keep them 
like crimped together. He can like space them out when he wants to, but his normal stance is to kind of keep them similar to like this kind of overlapping over each other on his fingers. And I saw that. I was like, oh, that's cool. I like him. And I, I said that in high school when I first watched this movie. And so I'll say hands. I'm a big fan of hands. Uh, that's why I was a, a um, uh, oh, also, I've noticed this. If uh, you were in any of the rush hours, for whatever reason, just kind of a fan of you. So if, if you, I've seen you in rush hours. So what you're saying is that Roman Polanski would be an Aaron's boy. Is that? Oh, fuck. without a doubt. Cool. That's great. That's canon. Roman Polanski, perfect definition of an Aaron's boy. What? Yeah. <laughs> what I? I think Roman's got some interesting hands too. <laughs> uh, donate to our Patreon at the thirty dollars level, where Aaron just talks about people's hands. So yeah, just just a big big fan of hands. Um, eyebrows and both this is you know non-gender specific hands eyebrows uh, just distinct physical features as well um, big fan of that like I said broad shoulders if you got a big like a uniquely big belly like not beer gut mm-hmm. but like just big belly to the point where I was like I could get into a fetal position and fit inside you that's where I'm like whoa that's that's a tummy um yeah, I think those are a lot. Yeah, I don't know why Rush Hour specifically might be the only movie if you were in that one or any of the Rush Hours, you, you just might be an Aaron's boy. If you were in the Rush Hour movies, you, I like you. might be an Aaron's boy. <laughs> so um, similar to Aaron's yeah. comfort with hands, eyebrows, and other features, uh, this show too is a comfort to anyone who watches it because you know what's going to happen. You know they're going to solve the case at the end of the day. And uh, I'm going to pay $30 right now because I hate this show. <laughs> I oh, my, oh, my God. Do was I it the Irish it? step music intro? Okay, was it, was it the weird ending where they, like, sped oh, up? I did not like that. I did. <laughs> it, it, it was also the problematic issues of, like, uh, hey... Uh, hi, I'm the RA, man, uh, cop. Oh, and RA is a residential whatever <laughs> to the woman detective lead, mansplainer. He's mansplaining. Like, what? A residential advisor. And then, and then, uh, the black detective is like, hey, can I drive? And then uh, Rizzoli gives him the keys. And then rap music, play, like this hardcore rap music, just because he's black. It's like, what? What? What is this bullshit? <laughs> And then, and then, oh my god, can we just, like, the all, oh boy, just the fact that a woman's having sex it makes her, like, this awful person in this episode. It's like, what, what the fuck? Yeah, Kenny? Two things. Uh, one, uh, as we've established in previous episodes, uh, I find no issue with that. Uh, last point, James, I think abstinence is the only way that we can prevent unwanted pregnancy. True. Uh, that's you have why said that repeatedly. Uh, that's why uh, I am definitely we're, you know, pro-choice podcast because you should choose life. Uh, oh hashtag God, pro-choice. What? Gross. God damn it! What? No one's gonna understand these bits because they Hash- don't know you personally. I'm ha- I'm pro-choice. You should choose life. So tweet hashtag uh, pro-choice uh, at 
POTUS because he needs to listen. Uh, and and two, uh, you bring up all valid points. However, it's firmly established at the beginning of the episode that Rizzoli did not go to college. Uh, so her being mansplained is literally someone telling her how college <laughs> works. Because she has, at least the way that it's established in the text of this episode, uh, which I, I think is designed for all of our collective parents and aunts to understand it while also looking at their phone. Uh, you have to just explain everything and establish everything in the clearest terms, which is the comfort of shows like this. Uh, well, I still hate it. It's bad writing. Every character feels extremely flat. No one's fleshed out. And Rizzoli and Isles should be uh, together. Uh, I will die on this hill. But they're, ah, they're, they're too afraid to do it because it's too mainstream. And God forbid two women are in love with each other and yeah, happen this... to be cool, fully formed people. Yeah, it premiered on TNT on July 12th, 2010. So Glee, I think, was barely just out like the year before. And so having LGBTQ representation was still, you know, it, it was becoming more mainstream, but it wasn't like how it is today. Mm -hmm. So. And, and it's, I, I, this is so obviously geared towards a conservative audience. Oh, it yeah. feels like because like yeah. it, it, it's just like all their dumb comments of just like those like microaggressions of like one was like the head sergeant person of like oh that's a lot of money to take jello shots and not go to class and have sex it's like oh my shut the fuck up i'm sorry paul i know you like this film you i this tv show you should like it like it for what you like it but I despise it. Well, I mean, it's a, it's now, that a... being said, I would love to write for this kind of shitty TV show. I would get so many reps in. Oh, man. Well, it's it's comfortable. And it's... Yeah. It's, it's not designed for folks like us that are, whenever we watch something, more, more than likely... When we watch something for the first time, I'll put it that way. When we watch something for the first time, we're just watching it with our full attention and then we think about it, mull it over, right. figure out what it means, as opposed to uh, <laughs> the average person uh, who just wants to be entertained because life is hard and they need escapist entertainment. I mean, yes, I understand. I, I, I certainly don't say that as... Because I think that could definitely be construed as a patronizing comment. I definitely don't mean that in in the slightest. Because there there is a delight in these kinds of effortless feathery light uh, TV shows that you can allocate so little of your brain power while also just being able to relax, know exactly what's going on, and be able to have like a a 10% stressful mystery that you can be like oh that's fun yeah but my counter to that is and i agree but i think another problem lies in the fact that like this is why people are just constantly in their bubbles all the time they are surrounding themselves with confirmation bias on in, in like every aspect who they hang out with uh what they consume both on social media and tv is just to support their views so they don't have to grow. You're and saying that Rizzolian Isles is the Facebook algorithm of TNT cop procedurals? Uh, correct, yes. Great. I mean, Wonderful. they know drama. <laughs> they do know drama. 
Uh, but like, seriously, Gosh, like, so no one's fun. views are gonna be challenged by this. Like, you're just gonna be like, yeah, you know what? She is uh really bad for doing that, even though it makes complete sense why she's uh selling herself to go to college. Like, yeah, it, it like that point is completely irrelevant because like they call her a whore, and it's like, oh, yeah. yep, that's fine. Like, I, yeah. It was it because me... of the Doomy shoes? I really did not like that. Oh, those shoes were ugly. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, and I'm one who like, and my friends say that I'm the insta ho. So, <laughs> I, as as queen of the thirst traps, those shoes are ugly. I'm sorry. Like, I just didn't yes. like that they called it the Doomy heels. Like, nah, bro, they're just heels. They're just heels. Like, just chill. Like, no, I I totally understand where you're coming from, uh, James. I I. <laughs> I think it's a uh, it's very procedural. It's very mm-hmm. very clinical from the get-go. Um but I will say the Irish step music intro kind of got threw off by that a little bit. Um it was so my, clear. It that was, was so my clear. that was my favorite part of the entire episode was the theme. It was so clear that they had the departed music in there in the tenth track and they're like there's no way that we're going to spend money <laughs> to get that as our theme song. Let's get the well, I mean, speaking bird. of which, supposedly Donnie Wahlberg's in this. Show? I wouldn't be surprised. What? What? Yeah, supposedly Donnie the the Donsters <laughs> in the show um, as a lieutenant, but we haven't him. gotten that far. So yeah, we may have to do this for like actual Shame Watch TV. So slow down. Let's slow down <laughs> a little bit. Let's. <laughs> yeah, let's pump the brakes. I don't, I, oh boy, Olivia, uh, did you did you like this show? So I, I this show had always like intrigued me. Like I was never one to watch procedurals. The first procedural I think I actually really watched was Psych, and this is going to be really embarrassing. But I started watching it because the guy that I was dating at the time loved that show. <laughs> so <laughs> I know, I know, you're, you're a person. I know, but actually, really, it was really funny, and um, it's fine because I still love that show and can detach that from him. But not the guy. Yeah. No, he's the one that ghosted me after my birthday. Screw oh, him. Sure. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, no! he, he might he might listen to this pod, so it's whatever. Um, That's the opposite. Uh, if of he TBS. does, hey, fuck you, dude. Don't ghost no. people, especially on okay. their birthday. I'll go. I'll go more into specifics at the twenty five dollar tier that. Um, we have on Patreon where I talk about things I learned in therapy. But back to your point, Kenny, uh, I was not really one to watch procedurals. My sister is a very devoted Grey's Anatomy viewer. <laughs> fan. And so uh, this this intrigued me. I was like, oh, cool. We're going to be watching Rizzoli and Isles. And I agree with James in the fact that there's a lot of <laughs> problematic elements in the script. And, you know, it, it is so easy for people to be you know, find comfort in just, like, what they know. And, uh, but I guess as somebody who is, like, very well-rounded with TV and watches all kinds of things, I actually, I I enjoyed watching it. And it was, like, one of those things where, like, at the end of the episode, I was like, I might start this from the beginning and just kind of put this on, like, on a Friday night with, like, a glass of wine. I may be doing something else while it's in the background, but I kind of like it. I, so. this, is, this is the perfect show to be doing something else uh, while also watching it. Yeah. I mean, I got up and did dishes. 
while <laughs> watching this, and I didn't miss a thing. Yeah, which is I that's that's the unfortunate thing of just having media in the time of second screens. You need to design your media to be consumed with the intent that more than likely your audience will be doing something else at the exact same time. Which is not <laughs> bad. Um, the script was a little cringy. A little? It was It was a little cringy. And, and I did write here, um, I hate how these shows have incredible tech. Because you hit it right on the head, Kenny. Why did they have a 3D x-ray with no radiation covers on anybody. Yes, I understand the person is dead that, that they're doing the x-rays on. But you still have live radiation that you are around. You're like, it's not healthy. Yeah, that's, I think it's it's the beginning of the episode. There's some special alarm that goes off at the Boston Police Department where they're like, oh, no, a gunshot went off. And the, the Girl Scouts that are, or no, just like the class that is getting taken around by Isles of Rizzoli and Isles, to be clear. Uh, Isles is taking around a class of girls who are so bored. And once a gunshot goes off, they're able to go, oh, yeah, we have technology that can triangulate anytime a gunshot goes off in Boston. A major city. <laughs> like- Boston. And, and, then, oh. and then the girls are like, oh, cool, is another person dead? Oh, yeah, that one girl. Because young people are desensitized to violence. Unfortunately. Because uh, of video games. Can we yeah. agree that all of our parents' favorite TV show is NCIS? Uh, my parents' is SVU. <laughs> cool. My parents didn't watch procedurals. I think they... Really? Well, I don't know. They were they were Sopranos, Dexter people. Oh, wow. My parents are also... Dexter's... That, yeah, yeah. Is Dexter a procedural? I don't. No, because it it takes a few episodes for it to wrap up, right? I've never seen Dexter because that that was too gory for me. Would you say it's procedural, Kenny? Kind of. There, there's still kind of an overarching thing each each season, Um, but it still it, it still fits some beats. Gotcha. Uh, but Rizzoli and Isles fits into that type of procedural sense of humor that's developed around this time where there's really atonal wacky jokes that are in it while also being contrasted with murder. Like the girls at the beginning being like, that means that someone's murdered? Cool. And like someone's someone's dead. Someone died. Yeah. But the show is treating it as goofy it, it, it reminds me of ncis which i think one of the reasons that i can't stand ncis is its outrageously goofy sense of humor that is contrasted I, with jethro gibbs being like we need to catch the murderer of the navy my mom was a, a csi miami girl yeah which miami. Is, is right on right on brand with ncis it's virtually the same except one's got horatio kane just Oh, Car- uh, Caruso is God. Oh my gosh. Comment. I And then puts on his glasses every intro, which so always cool. drove me mad. It's great. <laughs> I love my parents dearly, but uh, they have no taste in any entertainment. Uh, and I say that as a pretentious asshole. Cool. Aaron, uh, isolate that and put that at the No self deprecation. Shit. 
Oh! So you have 60 bucks! Fuck. Who are you donating to? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, someone tell me where to donate. Oh, uh, the Austin, uh, Austin Free Fridge. Austin Free Fridge? What? Yeah, Austin Free Fridge. They're a mutual aid uh, organization in Austin that hosts a, a fridge in the community uh, for people who are in need to go and get uh, ingredients or fruits and vegetables or just food in general to uh, you know help feed themselves and their families. Ah, uh, fridge. I thought you said fringe. Sorry, free fridge. Yeah, we're like refrigerator. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yes. Uh, post. Give me the link and I will do that. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think my annoyance comes from having my, like, walking in to the living room and my parents just binging, like, Law & Order, SVU, and other just dumb TV, and I'm like... Don't hate on hey. SVU! No, I will. It's bad. Done, done. It's bad. Done, done. I hate ah. it. Done, done. <laughs> but it's just like, ugh. It's, and like... Uh, my parents also watched Judge Judy and like just all that crap, and so I think it's just me being angry. And well, I, mean, I think just... I think the running plot thread through this episode is that we're talking about parent TV, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rizzoli and Isles is is a parent TV show. It's a TV show that, if not our parents, then one of our relatives that is older than us mm -hmm. and. They're kind of cool, but at the same time, like they might be conservative, but they're not willing to talk about it because right. they want you to like them. But at the mm -hmm. same time, they're like, "Oh shoot, I've got black neighbors moving in. I don't. I'm worried about my property values now." Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, TNT should just be the their slogan should be like, "Hey, if you're over forty, you're probably here," because it's a lot of those. It's a lot of those shows. NCIS, a lot of the the procedural uh, crime shows, just uh, I mean ABC has a ton of them too. Isn't Grey's on ABC? Yes. Is that still going on? Yes. Oh yeah. Actually, so um, so I I've never like religiously watched Grey's, but my sister has like introduced me to a few episodes, um, and so they're apparently supposed to the next season is going to be about the COVID nineteen pandemic oh wow yeah so they're gonna they're gonna talk about what's happening in the real world um which i don't know how i feel about that because i think people are sick of uh hearing need, about what's happening in the real world yeah we need distance uh yeah but uh, I, I sometimes TNT, like they they know drama they, they know drama they also know systemic racism uh-huh <laughs> yeah they do boy howdy because like other, the one black character. Well, because the other black characters are just, as they put it, thugs. Or yeah. like ghetto people. It's like, oh my god, are you fucking serious? Like, how can you not realize what you're doing? Oh, I hate I hate this show. Because Paul, again, I'm sorry. I know you love it. I'm glad you love it. It grinds me up inside. That... Uh, uh, but I, Paul, Paul's description of this show was perfect, which is like it's it's yeah, yeah, it's it's not fresh, it's not new, it's it's pleasant. It, it looks like a vanilla candle, yeah, which everyone likes. No one dislikes a vanilla candle. Mm -mm. No. You're just like I would know. I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> I have candles. 
Like that thing over there is a candle. I <laughs> also. Uh, can I have a sidebar? Always. Granted. Aaron. Yes, granted. Uh, there was a sale on candles at Walgreens the other day, and I got four candles for a pretty cheap. Ooh. I'm very excited. Uh, James, you gotta wait for the uh, the sale at Bath and Body Works. It's dropped those... right now. Uh, yeah. Three wigs for eleven. I told myself I was gonna slow down on candles, but I bought eight. So. Aaron knows what's up. He knows. <laughs> oh man, I have to go to Bath and Body Works. Anyway, it's a slippery <laughs> slope. I really like my candles. That that was my sidebar. Sidebar over. A great sidebar. Resilience fire. <laughs> it's um, I will say the pimp. Uh, I was happy to see was not black. I thought for sure they were gonna go with that. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the pimp that they go for like Intel. Mo and, money. Uh, that, that's yeah. Mo money. That, that's actually one of the quotes for, on the IMDb page for this. Wow. Um. So, <clears throat> you check her book. We didn't find one. She had a book. I mean, this whole damn world's gone crazy, but hoes still need to keep a schedule. Oh my! They God. do. They do that need to keep a schedule. <laughs> is pristine writing. And then uh, <laughs> my favorite quote of it: um, "Your ride needs some work. It's my mother's." Damn, Mama's got some gangsta. I was like, "This is so cringy. Oh I do not like this." Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I just want to elaborate on that point when he was like, "Who's got to keep the schedule?" And I was like, "Me." I meant that for my thirst traps. <laughs> so. Yeah, Olivia actually uses uh, Hootsuite for her thirst trap. <laughs> uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Hootsuite, uh, where you can post any social media content you want on your schedule. Uh, if I may be granted a sidebar. Granted. 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 And if I may be permitted to pull James into my sidebar. Uh, I'll say yes. And granted. Oh, granted. Granted. Okay, thank goodness. Uh, James, now, one of the arcs that we've had through the seasons of Shame Watch, and by the seasons I mean season one, because let's establish this is canon. We're only on season one of Shame Correct. Watch. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Get ready for what? the cliffhanger coming up. <laughs> yeah, episode 200 <laughs> is our cliffhanger, so yeah. mark that uh, down. Aaron put canon. that on the schedule. Uh, UX, mm-hmm. specifically UX in Hollywood police shows. Now, James, since you're a UX master, I believe you have your master's degree in UX now. Uh, I don't have a master's degree, but I do. I did study UX, user experience, yes. Sure. Uh, so, perchance, did you notice the UX of the OS of the Boston Police Department's computer? <laughs> oh, do you mean the UI, the interface? That's what I said. Uh, no, I did not, because I was probably washing dishes at that point. All right. Well, sidebar ended. Aaron, that went nowhere. Make sure that that doesn't make it to air. I'm sorry. Why? <laughs> it, was it like Windows 95? No, it's just always way too high tech and way too busy. Oh, I mean, that's like any cop show that like all the UI is bullshit in any any show like even that like triangulation bullshit it's like oh you just paid a graphic artist to like do it like that has no no functionality whatsoever 
yeah, I mean, that's my problem with production design in the 21st century. Everything is way too complicated. As yeah. opposed to the nice, clean lines of just picking a show at random. Star Trek in the 1960s. Uh, <laughs> just nice, clean lines. Just nice and simple, clean, like a kid could no, draw. Yeah, I just, the, the whole, the just the tech on it, on everything was just a little, and it, you're right, it's always silly, because like on NCIS, I'm just remembering Abby, like any kind of technical difficulties they had, they just ran to Abby, and Abby just plugs a USB into it, and she's she's cracked it. That's yeah. not what. And and I think there's two reasons this happens. One, uh, the writers don't know how things work, sure. and two, uh, the people watching this are parents primarily. Yeah. Uh, don't care that this doesn't make sense because they just think technology works like that. Yeah. yeah, there's no need to argue. Parents don't understand basic OS design. Yeah. <laughs> also, the name of my new emo album. Parents don't understand. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, OS dashboard confessional. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, was I the only one who thought Brandon looked a little old to be at a frat party? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, 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 okay. no, no. I agree with you. He, he, <laughs> yeah. did, look, no, I he agree. did look old. I was like, he's it, a sophomore? Yeah, because there were like these two like two girls at an ABC party just like, eh, insert, you know, stereotypical college girl language. And then all of a sudden this grown man who looks about 42 just walks in. Hey, I'm a pre-law student. I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's still like your bachelor's though. I thought they would have gone stereotypical on it, but he just kind of came out of nowhere at this frat party. And an ABC party, for those that don't know fraternity culture, uh, an ABC party is an always be clothing party. Yep. yep. <laughs> always bear clothing. All clothes yeah. matter. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, treat, uh, tweet that to POTUS. Hashtag all clothes matter. Oh, boy. Well, I have no more things to say about this. What? Show. So what's this, the final verdict around for everybody? James doesn't like it. Kenny, oh, I would you straight say you like this. it? Uh, I can't afford to say anything unkind about this show. Not that necessarily I, th I thought that it was bad. Because uh, money is tight at the moment. So I'm looking into the value of what this show offers. Kenny, I'll pay your donation. Mm, yeah, I'm looking at what this show has to... Uh, oh, wait. No, that would mean that James has to pay $90. Fuck this show. <laughs> yeah dig into that kenny why uh all of the reasons that james said uh this is a show that is like i uh, because i'm a sophisticated tv viewer i've seen the wire heard of it yes but you haven't seen sopranos it's not the fucking wire he's got a point uh the Wire's the greatest show on TV. But just thinking about The Wire and its complex views on policing and looking at the, I guess, the sociological impacts of just living in, I hope I'm using sociological, but just looking at the broader spectrum of how big cities work and how modern society works and how outrageously complex the systems are. And then you match that with the ending of this episode where the... The, the student that 
survives the shooting and is not shot by the RA when the RA decides to turn because he doesn't want to get arrested by the titular characters of Isles and Rizzoli. And the fact that that character is like, well, I need to give up being a prostitute because that's wrong, but I guess I can't go to college anymore. Well, I guess I'll just figure out what to do. Like, that's fine, as opposed to just living in this political hellscape that is 2020 and the blast of knowledge that has come into my hopefully increasingly galaxy braining uh, cis white male brain. I certainly will always have so much work to do. But at the same time, it's such a simplistic view where this character, like, she just happens to have the police department pay the rest of her tuition yeah. to yeah, Har- that- Harvard stand-in. That's great, but it's also not talking about things on a systemic thing, on on a just the problems about that on a systemic value. For sure. Also, and, I thought it was kind of awkward. Sorry, real quick. I thought it was awkward that she was like getting all affectionate toward. Originally, was getting all affectionate toward the roommate. Like she was like kissing the top of her head, and I'm like, I thought that was weird too. I'm like, I was like, do that. I was like, boundaries. Yeah. Like, what the fuck. And that continue, can you? <laughs> sure. Uh, let me wax rhapsodic even more about Rizzoli and Isles, uh, and and this keeps it, it keeps our collective parents' bubbles, as James hinted at earlier, from expanding and continuing to put criminality into those binaries of good and bad. Uh, her being a prostitute, bad, as opposed to uh, our uh, quote unquote woke perspectives where we're like well there's actually honor it's sex work depending on how you feel empowered uh it's but at the same time just thinking about how people not like me consume media like whatever i used to work at a video store uh quote unquote normies would just watch so much more DVDs than I ever would in a weekend. People would rent seven, eight, nine DVDs at a time and just plow through them all in a weekend and I would just be flummoxed going, how can you watch that much stuff? And certainly there is less of a critical eye there because some people just want to get away and it it helps <laughs> a show like Rizzoli and Isles and NCIS and Law and Order and all of these crime procedurals help reinforce harmful things and are uh the things like we talked about the demolition episode demolition man episode of copaganda like this mm-hmm. show is uh great a copaganda and rizzoli and isles are always in the right yeah at least in season one and episode four uh but there's a comfort in that because you know what is going on at all times and the just the way that we you need the barest amount of tension in order to hold your attention in a murder plot this is the way to do that that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's valid. I agree with you. I think, so for me, like, I I thought it was okay. So I, I understand as, as somebody who is very cognizant of what's happening in society, like, the problematic, the problematic aspects of this show. However, I'm also, like, a basic bitch, and I love cheesy stuff. So I think for me, like, I, I, I thought it was okay. And, like, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like in the middle. Uh, I am the Switzerland of uh, procedurals. 
because I like some of them and um, I think it like it's like I think it's okay to watch what I'm saying is if you're socially woke but you also like procedurals I think that's 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 okay like Paul yeah. I respect you all for it I totally yeah. understand what you yeah. meant and it does give you kind of perspective of what people who think differently of you consume yeah and and we find comfort in things that have a solution at the end and are and are wrapped up in a tiny bow and right. or big bow so i i didn't hate it i didn't love it yeah. but you know like i said future laundry show where i like fold clothes and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think a lot of the vitriol that i would feel against a show like this comes from just contextualizing it within society at large as opposed to if you're taking this into a vacuum and if you've done the work about making yourself socially aware of how the how the country is the result in Isles is not that harmful uh, <laughs> good yeah. part uh, um in Isles is not a menace to the country uh whenever you think about it like that um, i mean not as a as a single item but what it represents and how every other show like it, it adds to a collective yeah. tidal wave. And I think if you're consuming a steady diet of nothing but that, like if it was Rizzoli and Isles and then you flipped over and then you watched NCIS and then whenever you flipped over from that, you watched Cops and Live PD and if you flipped over right. from that, which that just reminds me of family members' media diets because it's yeah. just, it's literally nothing but propaganda. Yeah. Uh, but like this... Like Olivia, you you perfectly summed up. This is a fine show. This is a pleasant show. It's just representative of something that is a harmful trend. Uh, whenever taken in context with the rest of propaganda, um, this is. Uh, and please, shame watch listeners, use this. Uh, this is uh, not a hashtag unique snowflake. Um, and just tweet that hashtag snowflake um, everywhere. And, and then tweet that to bigger podcasts like the Joe Rogan podcast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the Chris D'Elia podcast. Yeah, just the say, Ben Shapiro show. Yeah, ben just Shapiro. say, hey, at whatever podcast you choose, uh, the Shame yeah. Watch pod. Shame Watch pod is a bunch of hashtag snowflakes. Yeah. You need to get on their show and demolish them. Hashtag all lives matter because we believe in equality now. So, Kenny, are there any, like, are there any uh, Rotten Tomatoes associated Metacritic? Any kind of of scores? Yes. Hold on. I have have one thing that I'm kind of noticing with this because I'm looking at Wikipedia honestly has a pretty good culmination of all the procedural shows. Um, and taking a look here, it looks like the longest running procedural show, which is no shock to anybody, I'm going to assume, is Law & Order SVU. What? Uh, done, done. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone from 99 until present. Um, Jesus. Take the wheel. It's, it's, it's gone on for a long time. Done, done. Um, but w- would you guys say that, like, in order for a lot of these shows to like stay relevant, you kind of have to evolve. And I think Law and Order SVU kind of has. Because Rizzoli and Isles, I don't see that they would have. Because I really did not like at the end when they're like, uh, yeah, I paid off your $114,000 <laughs> in student up. loans. 
as opposed to saying, hey, sweetie, how about we go to Boston Community College, get you a pretty fine degree, and you're not in, in you know, financial stress, but instead, let me just pay off the school to keep quiet about, you know, what's going on in their schools. And, you know, it's really kind of speaking to the, the fact that people are having to do work outside of school because they have to pay their $57,000 loan. Yeah. Just to yeah. go to school. But yeah. that's a whole different issue. Um, but, yeah, I, I think because Law & Order has kind of touched on some stuff. Um, looking at some medical shows that I kind of enjoy, like The Resident. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. They actually did an episode talking about how uh, how black women are seen as able to withstand pain so they don't oh, get gosh. as much attention oh in what? operating rooms. Yeah, the there thing. was Maternal mortality. Yeah exactly and that that's exactly what they touched on that this woman kept saying she was in pain i'm in pain and uh nobody listened to her until it was too late and she had lost so much blood from the inside and that was actually a real thing that went to congress that the husband who lost his child and his wife went to congress and said this is not okay and they actually showed his testimonial that he gave at congress after that episode so like they've kind of like evolved to like be relevant and they also talk on like um medicine for homeless individuals like it's it, it I, I was very surprised i thought it was going to be like just gray's medical drama bullshit but it was mm-hmm. actually very very i don't want to say woke but it was very in tune with what they were talking about and law and order svu kind of has in a way not really. I'm just kind of wondering why they've gone so long. Because it's comfort. Yeah. Well, it's it's good that you brought those points up because I was going to ask like if any of these shows like have evolved because of just everything that's going on. No. Um, I don't watch enough procedurals to really kind of keep tabs on anything. So I think that's really promising that the that the resident, you know, has kind of stretched those boundaries. as to what a procedural should entail Mm -hmm. i mean all of it most of all of it is is copaganda nothing has been i guess like the freshest has maybe been castle because it had Uh, like a a writer involved with it i guess but yeah nothing else is speaking out to me like hey like everything has got to do with cop and law but nothing is in here saying I don't know. Maybe it's just because like they made Olivia Sargent, so that's why it gave me a soft spot. I don't know. Olivia Benson, don't die. Love Benson. I. I uh, and if if a cop is your protagonist, at least in at at this moment in 2020 America, it's it's propaganda. No matter how self-critical you might be, and no matter how much context that you might be trying to provide of saying how complex the system is. It's still propaganda. Even a show like The Wire is still propaganda, and it's very much a show that's going. Cops need to be held accountable, but it's still you're still with uh, McNulty, and you're still on McNulty's journey, and you're always on McNulty's side, no matter what he does, no matter how dirty he becomes, and no matter how screwed up he becomes, which is a problem that we've talked yeah. again at length. On our oddly enough, the Demolition Man episode. Yeah. Ooh. Rotten Tomatoes. 
Yeah. Yes, let's do it. Bum, ba, dum, dum, splat. Uh, so, the Rizzoli Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rizzoli Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, then assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either Isles or Rizzoli. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people Isles did. Uh... I'm going to be asking for two numbers, uh, but as opposed to doing a critical and audience score, we actually have a season one critical average and a series average. So I'm going to be asking you for two critical scores, one for the critical score for season one and one critical score for the series as a whole. Uh, Starting off with uh, Mr. Fight, uh, giving me a guess without going under... Out of 18 reviews for the first season of Rizzoli and Isles, what do you think the critical approval rating is without going under James E. Fight? I'm going to say 74. 74%. Ooh, damn, that feels good. It, it feels like a C average show. 74% mm-hmm. critical score for season one of Rizzoli and Isles. Uh, Miss Benson, sorry, Miss Suarez. Uh, <laughs> Did you see my name change? Because uh, Oli, Oli is, yeah, Oli is my nickname that my family and close friends give me. So I was like, oh, Rizzoli, like Rizzolivia. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I think is this for the season one? The for season, season one. Okay, uh, I want to say James said sixty-four, right? Seventy-four. Damn it! I was gonna say seventy-four. Um, I'm gonna say seventy percent. Seventy percent. Now, Riz Olivia, uh, I want you to know that that score is lower than what James said. Yes, I'm aware. Great, Mr. Salinas. I'll be optimistic. I'm going to say seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Well, looks like I don't think it's in the eighties. Looks like Detective Riz Olivia is closest without going under. The correct answer for season one of Rizzoli and Isles is 39%. Shut uh, up. <laughs> I should have gone with my gut. I thought people liked this show. Well, Mr. Fight, you did not go with your gut, and that's nope. why. You're a loser. That's <laughs> but it's still anyone's game as we go into the series average. Critical score for series average. Uh, starting with Mr. Salinas, uh, who lost the most in the last round. Aaron, hopefully <laughs> you can lose the least here. And what's this one on? Show series. average? The series average series. for the whole result in Isles. 56. 56. If it, if... Damn it! <laughs> 56 well, there's seven seasons. Yeah, 56. Is this 56. show over? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Although I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I looked at, there's only seven seasons according to Wikipedia, but I wouldn't be uh, surprised if I went back to Wikipedia later and there's just like four more seasons. <laughs> We're just like, and where? They de- and, and they definitely don't end up together. Yeah. That's, uh, that's dumb. 56% from Mr. Salinas. Uh, Detective, what do you think the series average is for Rizzoli and Isles? I think it is dun dun. Fifty-four percent. Fifty-four percent. Mr. Fight. Aaron has said fifty-six. Detective said fifty-four. Mr. Fight. What is your score? 
42%. Oh. <laughs> wow, None of us have faith in this show, huh? <laughs> uh, well, you definitely should have because the series average for this show is 72%. What? Critical. Are you kidding me? Man, those oh, must have been some fantastic six seasons after that I first switched one. Them. I switched them. I, uh, what? Oh, my, oh God. my God. Fuck uh, So I won? <laughs> and as per tradition of the Rotten Tomatoes game, uh, the person that lost the most needs to contribute $30 to the charity of their choice. And I guess just looking at the numbers right here. Uh, wow, Aaron, it looks like you were either over or under the most on both of those. No, uh, no. Which just, that's so charitable of you to be donating to charity, especially at a time like this where the country is in so much turmoil. You're just being so generous. But Aaron, for real, send me that link so I can donate. Okay, yeah, I will donate. Um, and I want to uh, bring attention to uh, folks who are not familiar with uh, mutual aid. Um, uh, mutual aid uh, projects are a form of political participation in which people take responsibility for caring for one another and changing political conditions. In this case, um, Austin Free Fridge is an example for the Austin community. You can honestly look up a lot of, or at least for Texas, some Texas towns um, like El Paso Mutual Aid, uh, Corpus Christi Mutual Aid, Rio Grande Valley Mutual Aid, and there's actually a lot of things on Instagram. Uh, of course, if you're in different parts of the country or world, just take a look at mutual aids that benefits that you can help in your community. And I will be donating ninety dollars to that. I guess I'm donating thirty. No, don't fall into the bit. All right. Do we have any final thoughts? I, uh, no. All right. Shit well, sucks. Paul, I love you, though. <laughs> that's been our episode of Shame Watch TV. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rock and Wait, wait, wait. Is this from the good fridge or the dead podcast fridge? <laughs> See what you did there. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rock and theme song and to our guest, Paul Harrison, for his Wheel of Shame pick, Brazilian Isles, Season 1, Episode 4, She Works Hard for the Money. Wait, now, wait, wait. <laughs> wow, that's a podcast mobile. <laughs> oh, God. You tried. <laughs> I replaced a bad thing with a good thing. <laughs> Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Have suggestions, questions, comments, or a general tomfoolery? Do you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at ShameWatchPod so we can talk with you. Finally, we want to thank you guys, the listeners, for tuning into our episodes each week. For more Shame Watch TV episodes, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. Now, Aaron, what can our listeners get at the $2 level? Uh, at $2, they can get... The, our marathons and commentaries. Aaron, please and take your what, time. It's an audio medium. What, one more thing. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's only the episode we're working on. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Oh, and and uh, and Shame Watch TV series. There you one go. More, one more thing. Oh shit. Um, we and at, at the end of every episode. Oh, and we say your name at the end of every episode. 
Awesome. Now, James, Nailed it. James, what do listeners get at the $5 level? At the $5 level, they get our bits and baths before each podcast, <laughs> listening to it. What we talk about this week's is a wild one. It uh, is. They also <laughs> so. get Olivia's signed headshot. I'm working on those. At some point. <laughs> I'm working on them. Got to get those thirst traps prepared. Now, Kenny, what do listeners get at the $7 level? At the $7 level, you join what we affectionately refer to as the remorseful tier. You get special behind-the-scenes content that you can't get anywhere else. You get to help contribute and pick our next movie marathon, as well as enjoying all of those wonderfully delicious extra morsels of Shane Watch right in your feed. They're at the $2 and $5 level. Now, at the $10 level, that's the last official level that we have as of now. You get everything that was described under those lower tiers, and you get feet picks exclusively from <laughs> Mr. Baron Molinas. And you can get a haiku that's written by Baron Molinas or James Fight, Mames Light. Was I correct on that? Okay. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. All right. So before we go ahead and announce the patrons, I just want to make one more quick announcement. Help spread the word about this series to your friends, guys. Seriously. Uh, all you have to do, actually, if you rate, if you actually review us on platforms like Apple Podcasts, that tells people, hey, I should check this show out. So give us a five-star rating and write a nice review. Um, yeah, let them know about us. For season two, we're going to be covering several episodes of Supermarket Sweep. Again, that's exclusively on Patreon, so stay tuned for that. Mr. Madison, what's up? I would also like to plug our brand spanking new Shame Watch goal, uh, something that I'm really excited to get to. If we are successfully able to raise $5,000 a month, a lofty goal, I know, then we will start a brand new podcast. Myself and Mr. Fight, our number one cats expert, and what we're affectionately referring to as the Jellicle Minute. So it's, <laughs> so it's triply important that you spread the word, especially about our Patreon, because there is nothing more in this world that I would like to do than to force Mr. James Fight to watch Cats minute by minute, all 121 delicious minutes of Cats. Uh, it would be the Jellicle choice for both you and me. Love it. Guys, Kenny's really... Kenny's really passionate about this, y'all. Get get us to 5K just because I want to see see Kenny happy on this. You one. can just hit the goal. <laughs> you can, you can hit the goal. Then once we hit that goal, no, no. cancel it. We I don't gotta care. Get Five thousand and maintain it. Yeah, well, maintain no, no, it. that was it. never that was never specified. Never specified. Just get us to that two thousand five thousand, and then once we've hit five thousand. Cancel it. We don't care. Just get us up yes, to that number. Yes, we do. We want to get to... Ugh. Yeah. Just get us okay, up so to that number once and then cancel it. It's fine. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to those who are already helping us get toward that goal of 5K a month so we can have this beautiful spinoff. Kenny Madison. Of Austin, Texas. Aaron O. Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Of Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. Of Leander, Texas. Bradley McPherson. Of Tulsa, okay. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Rafael Gonzalez, sorry, Herc. I totally butchered that. <laughs> of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. 
of San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. Of San Antonio, San Marcos, Texas. Irene Suarez. Of San Antonio, Texas. And Nolan Barger. Of Austin, Texas. Until next time. Wait, 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 wait. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, it's not fun, is it? (laughs) TNT. We pod drama. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Until next time, our watch has now ended. Dive at your own risk. Dun, dun. FX has the movies. FX FX has the movies. (laughs) The movies. Now our feature presentation of Ice Age. (laughs) (laughs) Now watching DVD on TV of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. (laughs) 